It's a riddle. What's the elvish word for good podcast? A film slate of mind. Soon, master listener, you will enjoy the fabled knowledge of the film slate of mind crew. Roaring conversations, moat anecdotes, ripe advice off the bone. This, my friend, is the home of four friends and their experience in the film industry. And they call it a podcast. A podcast. This is not a podcast. It's a mess. Speed. Speed. <laughs> Speed. Speed. Welcome to A Film Slate of Mind. I am your host, the human boompole, Toby Cook, joined as ever by the man who can hold a squat for 48 safety takes, Aaron Massey. <laughs> Where'd that intro come from? <laughs> you held a squat for like pretty much the entirety of um, the bathroom scene. I kept looking at the scene like, is he still going? Uh, is. Uh, thighs, of, thighs of iron. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, hello. <laughs> that was a great intro. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do, my yeah. friend. That's what we do. Okay, so, um, moving <laughs> swiftly on. And the man who spends half the year working and the other half in India playing Ludo, Jack Thompson. <laughs> that, is more, that is more true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's quite accurate. Hello. How's it going? Hey. Good, mate. How are you? You know, trying to make the best out of a bad situation with this stormy wet day down in south devon oh, there we go weather forecast we can now date this episode by what the weather was doing in devon yeah <laughs> devon weather forecast the devon jack weather thompson. forecast jack thompson. and finally jack and aaron i have some advice for you beware the quiet man for while others speak he watches and while others act he plans and when they finally rest he strikes. Please welcome with me, Vice President of Podcast, Dale Cheney. Always in the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Cheney. <laughs> Dale Cheney, there we go. Impressive. So, that is our, uh, we've had, now had two intros to this episode. I should probably explain what we're actually doing here. This is a film slate of mind. The film podcast from four former Master students now making our way in the industry. We're going to try and give you the best advice, best stories, have a general discussion about film, and you know, try and help and you know, entertain you for the next half hour. Um, and in doing that, I feel we should explain why you should be listening to us. So, I was about to say group therapy, it's not group therapy, it's a uh, team building. That's when you do it. Um, let's go around the group and say who we are. <laughs> Aaron, please take it away. Uh, so I'm a director filmmaker with somewhat uh, about nine nine or eight years experience making my own short films and slowly working up to a bigger crew, bigger budget productions and currently working as a freelance videographer. Beautiful. Jack, what do you got? <laughs> um, so I'm a freelance location assistant at the moment and I've had about three years of experience so far, but Ultimately, I'm a budding producer slash first AD. So, see what happens. Lots of different uh, fingers in pies, plates in the air. Yeah, very and, much so. And very another analogy so. beginning with P. Versatility. <laughs> yeah. 
That doesn't begin with P. No, but I, that was the word I was thinking of before you said P. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be a lot of that, ladies and gentlemen. Dale, Vice President Dale Cheney, what brings you to this podcast? Well, well, well. So uh, I'd like to call myself a writer, but I don't do enough of that to even warrant description. So uh, spent two to three years in production, and now I'm kind of following Jack's footsteps in location. <laughs> And that's about all there is to it. Like, really. like a loyal dog. <laughs> nothing but, nothing but. <laughs> like a loyal Brilliant. dog. Well, I mean, it is, uh, you know, it, it's a good way of doing it. It makes some contacts and then just, you know, doors shall open for you and you can go in. And it helps, especially if they're friends, because you can say, talk me up. Avoid yeah. all the things I actually do. Tell them the things I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, we reached me. Um, I am a, technically I'm a sound op, Um, not so much anymore as I have left the film industry behind, but maybe I'll get dragged back in, who knows, will it be like the Godfather, will I keep trying to get out, will they keep pulling me back in, we don't know, but I have worked in sound, I was a runner in a sound post-production house in London, and then I was a transfer engineer, and around that I've also done three years of freelancing on set and from my bedroom as well because that's the beauty of sound mixing and as we all know freelance editor you can do it from your bed and you just say i've just got to use my home studio yeah (laughs) (laughs) so now that we all know who we are i think we should start at the beginning of our particular quadrangle friendship and say how we all met and when we met we were all doing a master's together at university but the first project we actually ended up all working on together cumulatively was right at the end of the year weirdly enough yeah is that right yeah 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 yeah. so yeah that's right yeah so we'd worked on different projects as you know me and jack had worked on um what did we work what did we work on jack good question Uh, i'm gonna have to (laughs) wrap my brain here (laughs) with my um lack of memory (laughs) um like a rusty computer like a rusty computer so it wasn't the dark. It wasn't the Dartmoor dock. No, because I'd, I'd I'd bailed by that point. <laughs> I didn't want to spend a week in Devon. No. <laughs> <laughs> Get on, boy. True college boy. Even though you're not calling so him Devon Origins. Yeah, yeah, I know. I like, grew up most of the time. In Shooting Devon. yourself in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> I can never go back. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. We there was the hundred hour film challenge, which we also bailed oh. on. Um, <laughs> This is not good. Memories. This is not a good start. But we persist. We persevere. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, we did the um, freshers thingy when we went to that Wearamout place and interviewed people. And you decided oh, that was to... that was at Ray, that was at Raise the Roof. Yeah, that was at Raise the Roof in Penryn. That was I think that was like a student ambassador meeting yeah. or mentor meeting. And me and you turn up and just to in- shoot to some interview quick, students. Yeah, yeah, quick I... talking head stuff by the. By the ball pit. <laughs> I remember. I remember the moment when you said, "Right, we're setting up here," and I kind of pointed up, like to the left, and there's a speaker pointing directly down, and then to the right, and there was a speaker pointing directly down, and I was like, "This is not very conducive to good sound, Jack." And he went, "Yeah, but the lighting's perfect." Uh, that was it. You know, <laughs> that was the end of that discussion. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we ended. So you and me worked on those sort of things. Dale, we did the hundred hour challenge together, and Aaron, I believe you and I did. Our first project together. Yeah, Block. Yeah, yeah, Block, which we did with our good friend Ben. Hopefully we can get him onto the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, we did multiple projects apart, 
And then we got to the final term and we got given the opportunity, let's say, to do a short film. So, Aaron? Yes? I will hand over to you, as it was your idea. You directed, you wrote Esther, the mm-hmm. eponymous film. How did you get the idea? Um, well, it basically started because I went out for a few drinks and met some people that I didn't particularly like. And I felt like I was being someone who I wasn't. And that's when it came to me. I was like, oh, I'd like to have a film where the main character has multiple personalities. And uh, that's when I wanted to bring in a love interest for the character and ultimately see their journey through dealing with this character's multiple personalities. And I think as a whole, I planned, I, I applied to do the master's degree and then within about two years, I got the final film finished. So from start to finish, it was about two and a half years, sorry. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. So how long had the idea existed before you did the Masters? Um, <clears throat> it, was, it was about six months, I think. Um, mm. it, it, well, initially, he just started off as like a, like a sentence being like, oh, multiple personalities. And then from mm. there, I just thought, oh, I, I want to do go back into education, funnily enough. So I, I thought I'd apply for a master's degree purely to make this film. And then I just carried on writing it from there. And then two years later, two and a half years later, sorry, the, the film was finished. That's inter- it's interesting. It just dates from that, just a line. In an, is it, was it in a notebook or just a post-it? Or yeah, it was, it was on in a, a mirror. <laughs> in a mirror. <laughs> uh, it was in a notebook because I tend to carry quite a lot of notebooks around with me. I've got quite a few next to me. Um, and I also, like, because I don't carry notebooks around with me all the time, I try and just make quick notes on my phone because everyone has a phone, so it's quite easy to just make a quick note. But I always try and have a physical version of my ideas. Mm. So that you can look at it again later and develop it or go, oh, no, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, though, is, like... I've, I've, Dale's probably the same because he's a, he's a scriptwriter. But he, we've, I've, I've got multiple ideas. Some are really bad, and some maybe really good. But you kind of sometimes mash them together, and you might have something really good at the end of it. But um, yeah, mm. with, with Esther, it just kind of sparked from having a few drinks and being someone that I didn't really want to be. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I want to get more into kind of Esther itself and how we all got involved in the process of that. And mostly in this episode, I just want to cover the production. We can do then post-production going forward. But as we're on the subject of talking about ideas, um, because I do the same thing as you, I write stuff down on my phone and then I'll note it out later. I don't write as many scripts or film ideas as the rest of you, but this is purely on the music side. If I think of lyrics or, you know, an idea, a chorus, I'll do like a little voice memo. But, um, I just want to know, like Jack and Dale, is there you similar? Are you notebooks? Are you voice memos? Are you smoke signals? Or smoke <laughs> signals. Imagine. Yeah. Um, oh, Jack's got another idea again. <laughs> <laughs> See a puff of smoke yeah. in Devon. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm I'm definitely more of a notebook guy. Mm. Um, and I just I find it easier to digest writing stuff down. Like on a you know relatively small notebook nothing too big so that you can fit it in your pocket without like weighing yourself down too much and then I tend to write it up when I get back home and that's that's normally it and then I'll um, empty like the notes pages on my phone 
after I've typed up. It's kind of I tra- I transfer it a lot. It's kind of notes to phone to laptop. That's normally the the idea process. Yeah. And does that that's what works? Yeah. Does that kind of reinforce it for you, like having the over- initial idea? and then rewrite it up again and then rewrite it again, does that really kind of cement it down or is that just every idea you do that for? No, I would, no probably you're right, actually. It does, yeah, I'd say it does hone down the idea more as I basically am writing up the same notes again. Whilst I'm repeating those notes, it's kind of, it's drumming into my system even more. So, yeah, so it's digesting quicker. But mm. I, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't say that I write up all my notes repetitively every time because... <laughs> There's only so much time in the day, and I could spend an hour just repeating notes. It's like revision of my yeah. own ideas. I've read a 600-page <laughs> book, guys. It's just one-line notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, Dale, because you're you and Aaron, I'd say no disrespect here, Jack, but I'd say you and Aaron are probably the most script writing out of us four. Mm. Um, so are you on the same sort of line, Dale, of notebooks, or are you? Something completely left field. I'm trying to find trying to find anything other than notebooks, really, and see if we've got anything of that. But um, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, obviously, um, I tend to have a cheaper uh, paper paper pad you can get from most stationery stores for like just the kind of just rough ideas. Generally, as they get further, you know, if I don't just discard them after a day, then you know they might develop further and they might inherit themselves or deserve a specialized notebook <laughs> for them to you know fully develop. Um, but often, you know, I've seen things or heard things or been inspired by things, and you might take a recording on a phone, a little bit like Alan Partridge, admittedly, because when you listen back to them, <laughs> they're just not feasible. Um, but yeah, it's generally a notebook, but often you just have to just say things. I mean, as of late, I've been kind of had some weird lucid dreaming, and then you kind of, I've kept a notebook by my bed, and you're just like, you wake up, write it down, think that's amazing. I'll wake up in the morning, think it's going to be this new thing you read it in the morning over a coffee and you don't know what you were thinking about. You certainly don't remember it, but it's in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to actually, that brings me on to my next point. Cause I've had, um, ideas that I've then found again, months later and kind of gone, that's a bit weird, but they seem to like, they stick with me for years. So I've wanted to do this. I, I brought it up with you guys before this kind of idea of, um, dystopian future. Cause it always is. Cause that's where we're headed in reality at the moment it seems yeah um (laughs) (laughs) it's a positive podcast folks um, (laughs) it's a dystopian future where instead of like um, orphans and people who lost their family they are given to new families and their memories are all wiped and they're implanted with memories so they think they're the new family's child now this idea has been going around now for about four years and I wrote it mostly at five in the morning. So it's all a bit intense and it's all a bit kind of, there's a lot of rave music going on and I, I seem to have only focused on the music. So none of the character emotions like Jeffrey was feeling this right now. It's just like a banging beat is playing. Like a banging beat. <laughs> I love that if you were like a director you just turn up the, to, to the set and just be like, a banging beat's playing, don't care about the characters. <laughs> have you not seen not my... Matter, let's go. <laughs> have you not seen my notes and some sound scripts where I'm like, banging beat needed here or that, like dirty drop needed here no. or something? <laughs> no. Did you do that it's sort just of thing so I... for Esther? Uh, I might have done on my. I might not have shown you it. I think I did it on my own one because I was like, I, in order to remember stuff, 
sometimes I have to be a bit silly, like, and write it in a kind of over-the-top way. So it's like, oh, yeah, I, I know what I mean there. Right. Rather than just go, what am I on about? You know, like, mm. if I say trancey music, that could mean anything. But if I'm saying, like, a filthy beat, you know, then I'm like, oh, it's got to be a really filthy song, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I just can't imagine during the the Kickstarter editing, you just sent him a load of notes saying, needs filthy drop at 30 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Cool. So that's how we all have ideas. So we're all notebook fans. Um, at the end of this episode, we will be providing you with the details of our various social media and email accounts. Please send it. If you've got any weird ways you record ideas or um, ways you've written down scripts or anything, you know, bit out of the ordinary be nice to know that and also get some other ideas and don't worry we will not make fun of them well i might but not on air um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah let's move on from that to back to esther the master's film the crowning achievement of our time at university and how we all got involved so i believe i may be wrong but i believe jack you were next to come on board with aaron and start working as a producer um yeah yeah you are right um, it was never. It was never the intention when that module started. Not necessarily working with Aaron, but more so being a producer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just, it's, it's like you just wandered in <laughs> by accident. Save myself. I need to quickly clear that up early doors. Proceed. Um, no, it was all for working with Aaron on something because, like, we all became good mates throughout the MA. Mm. And we never worked on anything together, so I was definitely open to that, and. I think you just posed the idea of me doing some producing and then I didn't really t- think too much of it. I was more thinking of taking the role as DOP. Mm. And I think you already had Lucy in mind a little bit for that. I, I think, um, I don't exactly know how everyone else got their roles. Um, like, I think Lucy did express to me that she wanted to do camera work for something. And then I think it just, again, it, with with every role, I think it just organically happened. And I know you didn't particularly want to be a producer, but like we both wanted to work together on something. So you kind of yeah. fell into that role, be it you wanted to do it or not, but I think you really took to that role very well. But yeah, I think it, with regards to everyone, bar a few people, um, it, they, it all just kind of organically happened. And like again, Toby, you, you were like... I want to work with you on this. So I was like, just jump on board. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, th- I mean, this is the first, you know, we could even make this the first Jack top tip of the series. Uh, <laughs> even though it's, it's me saying the tip and we all agree with the tip. So, but I'm going to give it to you, Jack. Jack's top um, tip. I'll, ta- I'll take the credit. Yeah. I'll take yeah. the credit. <laughs> Jack's top tips. Welcome to Jack's top tips. Um, is if somebody comes along with you in the film industry and says, do you want to do this on this production? Just give unless it's something you really don't want to do. Like if you know, Aaron, if you said to me, "Do you want to be a tree in the background of every shot?" <laughs> I'm not going to be like, "Yes, this is my moment," you know. But like, if somebody says, "Do you want to?" Do you, I reckon you could be a producer. Do you want to be a producer? And you go, "Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm. Go for it." Because I mean, look, Jack, this has kind of basically set you on the course at the moment. Where you've got another string to your bow. You've got location work out that you've got. You know, mm. producer like experience. It's, yeah, it's. I think you've got to have a balance between. You should try. You should take every opportunity that comes your way, um, and just take on the risk. And like the, you know, it's a bit daunting. And there'll be sometimes you'll get offered jobs or an opportunity where you know that you don't understand the whole role fully, but just say yes and learn how to do it later. And you'll learn on the job, and that is the best. And for me, the only way 
to improve. Mm. And it just snowballs, and with a bit of luck, meeting the right people, you can't. You don't have too much control of where your career goes in this industry. And unfortunately, until yeah. your networking builds up tenfold as you get more experience, you can kind of hand, you can cherry pick which job or which direction you want to go in, mm. whether it be drama or it be comedy, whether it be like non-factual, it could be anything. You can kind of dictate where you want to go. But at the beginning, just take everything. That's double swear jar, guys. <laughs> double swear. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd agree. Like the the thing is as well is that you know there's there's such a big labour pool because everybody because it's you know dream industry is working. There's so many people that want to do it. Mm. So as soon as you get that tiny moment of somebody cracking a door and just going, "Hey, do you want to come in?" You just got to stick your head through. Yeah, you know, exactly. straight away. Like you know, I'm in. Yeah. The rest of you. Oh, sorry. Sorry, John. <laughs> um, yeah, you just got to absolutely go for it. So, yeah, absolutely agree with that. You just any sort of opportunity comes along, just go for it. Because I originally wanted to be a video editor, and oh, really? then somebody said, yeah, "Yeah, I wanted to be a video editor when we started the course." And then um, our lecturer said, "Do you reckon you could try sound on this?" Because I'd mentioned I had a radio show, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a go." And then I got a career for three years yeah. and ended up going to Pinewood and everything. And it's just like, okay, thank God I said I'll give it a go. Yeah. Not, no, I'm a video editor. <laughs> but d- during, during our time at Falmouth, didn't you take on an avid video editing course? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you did that. You did, yeah. didn't you? Did you oh, do yeah, that? Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah. I did, no. Yeah. That was different. Uh, the first one, the, the basics, avid basics, fine. Avid advanced, no, absolutely yeah. not. What do you want me to do? How yeah. do I do this? <laughs> You want me to make a 3D what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so as you alluded to earlier, um, I then followed you around for a bit, like, let me do sound, let me do sound, let me do sound. And you gave me a script, and I got to sit and make notes such as bang and drop needed here. Um, <laughs> which, I, I, this, is a, this is a sound moment for all the soundies listening. If you ever get a chance to get in at the beginning of a project and you get given a script... It's the best thing you can do for your eventual mix because you can write all your ideas out and then when you get into the mix, you can try them all out and any that don't work, you could sack them off, but it may develop new ideas. But as long as you've got this idea of where you want to go with it, you have way more time than you think because generally sound gets about two days if you're lucky. You know, you get promised about a month and then you end up with two days. That's Mm. just the nature of sound within the industry. So if you could get ahead of that, and come up with a load of ideas first. I'd really recommend it to all my Saudi brethren. But also, that's, that's a good point. On, on that point as well. Is like I think me and you, Toby, had quite a good relationship during production because I basically just let you do what you what you wanted to do, and whenever you went too far, I'd kind of rein you in. Or when, yeah. whenever you wanted to try something, I'd let you do that. And I think that's that's the role of a director is letting the creative people sort of do their their job essentially and not micromanage the production and mm. sometimes you might have done something that I didn't even think about doing in the actual film and then you've just whacked out a massive sound that I didn't think about and I'm like yeah banging keep that in mm. well I, one of my favourite moments was when you I came and talked to you and you went maybe give it a bit more on this scene I think it was the diary scene where um, it's a kind of a flashback almost but not a flashback it's a narration over the top mm. And it's during the main character's more kind of his mental breakdown, I think. Like, it's starting to really sort of hit him. 
and I brought I showed you something. You said, "Can you make it more?" And I went, "Oh!" oh. <laughs> but you, uh, I, dis- I I disappeared for an afternoon, and I created something that was utter madness. And you came back in and went, "Okay, let's 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 tow this down." Tow but this. I'm glad you went all the way there. <laughs> yeah, you know? but it's like because I remember we watched the final film in in the little cinema in, in at the uni, and um, you were like really proud because you were like, "I just want to make it really disturbing for audiences." And since the release, I've had people messaging me saying, this is really disturbing to watch. And I was like, what makes it disturbing? <laughs> and they're like, it's the sound. Like, I can't take it. And I was like, that's, that's the point of it. Because you're, you're kind mm. of in this character's head. And mm. he's kind of having a tough time. So the audience should have a tough time watching that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the, thing with, the thing with the sound was when you said it has to be uncomfortable, I was like, okay, brilliant. That's, that'll be fun. Um, and I remember there was a thing I'd seen about Hans Zimmer creates these things called shepherd tones for music. So the music never reaches a climax. It just keeps getting worse. Mm-hmm. And you basically do that by you have a normal tone. Then you have an octave higher and an octave lower and one fades in and one fades out. But you keep doing this so it never reaches a crescendo. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, why don't I just do that with a signal generator? Exactly. So all that high pitch stuff that goes on never actually reaches a point. And I mean, it's uh, it's great to hear what you're saying. Now that's, that makes you feel great. But mm. I always like to say to those people, like, you think it's bad for you watching it once? I don't know. How I, feel. I had to mix <laughs> yeah. it for a week. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I remember people used to come in and they'd just be like, "Are you all right?" And I was just like, "I'm lo- I'm actually losing it now. Like, <laughs> is there actually a high pitched noise, or am I just mm. like, is my brain broken?" But, you know? but I think as well, like, I think during that sort of eight or nine days of shooting production and even post production was like some of the toughest, toughest weeks we've probably gone through oh, because yeah. we had to cram so much in during production and then post-production, there was so many things that we had to factor in. But yeah. I don't know if there's anything Jack wanted to point in, like talk about during production or... I think there's just so... Taking on the role of producer, you're kind of organising the crew and making sure everyone knows what they're doing and they're going in the right direction before they hit set. And before, like the first scene is called up, and there's so many, there's so many little problems which can come out of nowhere. Say, someone pulls out for a couple of days, and you need to find someone to fill in, and they need to be up to speed with the equipment, and then it's all the logistics of it as well. Um, but it, it can go from that to feeding the crew. So oh, one the of my, feed- yeah, yeah. One yeah. of my, f- I wouldn't say favorite highlights, but memorable highlights was so we're not gonna hi- I wasn't gonna hire a caterer for the week and a half of shooting because our budget wasn't that large as it was so I got two massive massive um, tubs of Tupperware and I filled them up with pesto uh, red and green pesto pasta in separate um, pots and so it's like two kilos of pasta <laughs> brought into set in the boot of my car Every and day. it was the most bulk stand and you would expect to see that in a help yourself salad at Harvesters. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we won't. We won't. We, sorry, sorry. We won't be getting a sponsorship from Harvesters anytime <laughs> soon, now, will we? <laughs> Apologies to get your hopes up, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know it. It filled the holes of the crew, and everyone was no longer hungry, so that was great. But you know, in future, it would be great to have someone else. Yeah you know, preparing the food or preparing the drink. Because I'd spend like a couple hours after a shoot day. <laughs> we spend eight, nine hours shooting and whatever. We get home. Once everyone's back home, you're checking the batteries and the SD cards in the evening. 
oh, it's time to cook again. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not just for me, it's for te- 15 people. Yeah. And it just gets so tedious. Mm. I mean, I, so... I, I remember the, uh, the tea you made when you told me, well, you confessed to me later in the day, I've never made tea in a thermos before. And I was like, oh, what have you done? And you're like, well, I, I got a thermos and I put six tea bags in. And I went, oh, and you've taken them out yet? And you went, no. So they've just been stewing in the tea <laughs> in the thermos for 12 so hours. I, I think I went to Mountain Warehouse or Wilco's or something like that. And I bought two like massive litre canteens and I filled them up with tea. But the problem is I put five or six tea bags in there and I just let it brew for a while before handing it to Toby. It was jet in between, black. In between a scene or in between shots of a scene, mm. we were shooting out in Falmouth exterior. I think it was the bench scene. No, it was though. It was the, no? I was in a house because I remember yeah. I'd I'd passed out just beforehand in the garden. Yeah, and you went, "Oh, here, have a cup of tea," and then I was wired for about two <laughs> years. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I just thought that our main sounding needed a bit of a boost. So <laughs> too much of a boost. <laughs> I did what needed to be done. <laughs> yeah, wake him up. We got another tension to shoot. Um, I'll tell you what was a, a one quite a stressful memory, which um. Unfortunately, this falls on Aaron a little bit. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> this is where um, we're trying to find that forest location. Oh. Do you remember? And we all... We all Swedja! Swedja! La- <laughs> yeah. In, this la- in the lay-by, and there's like four or five cars, and there must be like 15 of us. Uh, and yeah. you go off to go and have a look first, and that... I think we, mu- we might have all been waiting on standby mm. for at least half an hour. Um that's the worst thing, but, you though, know, is like because we we'd gone there before and we were like, right, this is we know exactly where we are, but then when it comes to the day, everyone's got so many other things on their mind, and then I've like got to try and find the place. I'm like, that's where like probably someone like a location manager would come very handy because they'd well, know exactly where it is. So, well, I mean, those are the kind of things. Those are the best things about independent films especially but you know student films independent films is you learn while you're doing it mm. and they do turn into these almost like um you know the phrase like boys own adventure almost you know not the boy band yeah well one of the bands of the 90s let's be fair um but you know they turn into these sort of adventures that you can like have these funny stories about afterwards in the moment you know, we were all exhausted. I've never felt so delirious in my life, really. Yeah. You know, and I was always lugging that massive chest around. I mean, it's a 633 mixer, yeah? Like, mm. if you don't know, lovely listeners, it's about the size of a small cat. And yet it comes in the chest the size of a small boat. You know? <laughs> and it's just mad. Like, if you're carrying this from location to location. Yeah. Um, and you can laugh about it now, but I remember back then, you know, I didn't used to go to the gym or anything. I think I'd only quit smoking a year before. And every time we got to a location, I was like, oh, for God's sake, that stupid chest. <laughs> but they did that. I would, yeah, another, you know, this time a Toby top tip. Any chance you get to sign up for stuff like this, if it sounds fun, do it. Because the stories you get at the other end, not only do you learn things, but the stories you get at the other end are just, the, you know, we still talk about this. And this is what, three years ago? Yeah, three years ago. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, we've all gone on to work within the film industry, you know, and we could we could all, you know, name drop and say the stories we worked on. But generally, when we hang out, we always come back to Esther and go, wasn't that great when we did that? You know? Yeah. So I think that's, you know, incredibly important when we get to all these. Dale, we've kind of, you know, lucky in the shadows. As, yeah. <laughs> as you said you were. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> 
what would be interesting now is that you came on a bit later, almost sort of like outside the bubble of the core crew, which is basically me, Jack, Aaron, and shout out to our wonderful DP, uh, Lucy. I don't know, what was that like kind of coming in a bit later on? Well, yeah, so obviously I chose to do a writing project, so I was kind of available to lend a, you know an extra pair of hands to yourselves and it was great to kind of, because I walked in maybe after a week of shooting, so I could see things were happening, but even when things weren't going perfectly, I could see, you know, there was a cohesiveness. You got through it and you rode those rough times, and hey, I had fun doing anything you asked me to, which was quite a varied lot. Yeah, well, I mean, do you have any particular highlights of the shoot? Because I remember, well, to your credit, and I imagine why you're doing so well at the moment, was your kind of, uh, we need something done. Dale, do you mind just doing this? Dale, do you mind doing that? So we, you did end up, I mean, eventually you ended up as a DIT, a script supervisor, a runner, a lighting tech, a spark, a grip. I mean, what didn't you do on this show? Well, yeah, very true. I mean, that's, yeah, it's certainly something, and Jack can attest to this, you know, I've taken that into the work I do now within the industry, because, you know, like, if you say yes to anyone, it will pay off. It will pay off. Mm. You learn something new. Always. You learn something new. That's true. Absolutely. You can spend an entire evening guarding a light. Batting the moths yeah. away. <laughs> Batting, Batting the moths away. I'm pretty sure for a lot of that time you were guarding the light, we were actually upstairs. So the light wasn't even necessary yeah, for some scenes. I'm pretty sure. I think it came later in the yeah. evening. Like, oh, you can turn that light off, by the way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to carry on with what Dale was saying in terms of, like, Dale, your attitude to work is really commendable because... I'm not going to go into it on too much detail in this episode, but me and Dale used to work for a German production company based in Newquay and Munich and Berlin. But me and Dale managed to get onto that production and we took on jobs as well as Dale. We both had no idea what we were doing and we took it on and hopped onto this feature. And then after those five weeks, that led to seven months of work the year after. So that's just a, yeah, that's just one of those things you will always you'll you'll take loads of lessons from it and yeah just just go for it yeah absolutely and um i think we're kind of drawing to almost a sort of natural conclusion here we've kind of referenced post-production a bit on this film and i want to talk about it more because that's where especially a lot of you and me are and a lot of our conversations really took off we really had a lot of kind of processes that i think would be really good for to share um and same with you, Jack, I like, you know, and Dale, like the change in your roles due to post-production. But to finish off this week, let's sit round the campfire of our collective memory and share some of our favourite stories from the uh, Esther shoot. Um, so just jump in whenever, guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think for me, my favourite memory is, is just working with our, our lead actor, or one of our lead actors, um, Will. He, um, every day, like he's that sort of actor that just can sense when morale's getting a bit low and he can bring up everyone's moods and uh, just to have that on a day-to-day basis on such a small production like this just really helps mm. everyone out and especially me because I've worked with Will two times before this this film and he was the same on those films just helping us get it done but as soon as you're like right let's get to it he's back to being professional he's on it isn't it um but but one of one of one of particular favourite um, moments with him was we were in the forest 
and I think you you weren't there. I don't think uh, Toby because you were. I don't know. I think you're at a wedding or something. Bailed for a wedding yeah. commitment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we we um very happy producer. <laughs> yeah, but, I'll be missing for most of the weekend. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we um we were we were in the forest and we. He, he had to basically run into the scene and slide, well, not slide on his knees, but get down on his knees and cradle Esther. And um, he just, for some reason, I just didn't like how he was doing it. And he was like, right, hang on, lads, and just disappeared into the forest. And then a couple of minutes went by, he came sprinting in and just went, Shira! <laughs> and to have that moment, like... I think me and Jack were in a, like, a bit of hysterics then because we were just like mm. we couldn't get it done but for that it kind of broke the sort of the tension yeah exactly it. so you kind of need those yeah. moments yeah well, you kind of need that morale boost in the times mm. where you're really struggling and then that also that sparks like even more creativity yeah. afterwards it's funny how that works mm. but it's true you need the happy yeah. crew as well because I remember like we had a similar same with Will actually similar thing the bedroom scene where it was it was the core of us it was us uh, for I think Dale actually was outside, but um, you, me, Lucy, Will, Jack, mm. uh, you, sorry, being Aaron in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, me, me, and you, yeah. and um, and um, there was a scene where Will had to get out of the bed and run off to look for Esther, yeah. but he couldn't get out of the bed because the springs had collapsed in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So he couldn't actually get out. He needed some sort of feat of insane abdominal strength just to get out of bed. Um, and while filming this, because it was such a small room, and you know, we, you know, me and Lucy were kind of crammed in a cupboard. We couldn't get out um, without somebody helping us out. Jack was kind of hiding behind a curtain for reasons best known to himself. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron obviously had to be near the... We don't need to go no. into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we... It's only spot available. <laughs> we got to about got to about 40 and we're all getting a bit stressed yeah. and you know it's very hot in the room it's the middle of summer there's the heat wave and you know and will at some point i remember he got out and you said you need to hit the wall and then pause mm. and he came out with the amazing line like well i'm not gonna have like a shifty to see if she's there and then like acted it out for about five minutes yeah <laughs> and I, it's just amazing uh-huh. like the idea of this like really tense scene where he's running looking and he kind of stopped looking at the door and kind of like did a few double takes and i was like yes that has to go in <laughs> he was a trooper though because not only did that on the same uh shoot he had to wear the jumper in the mm. heat wave the massive grey jumper in the middle of the heat wave yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just bathed in sweat yeah. um, and he also smoked I think a thousand cigarettes in ten minutes yeah again that's a, <laughs> that's a similar theme within my films like he's always complained about having to lie in, in a bed or smoke cigarettes and in my my previous films it's the same thing and he's like what why why do you why do you want me to smoke so many cigarettes i'm like it looks cool right <laughs> which yeah. isn't good because obviously smoking's bad <laughs> but for this there we go there we no, no, no. first episode aaron top tip smoking looks cool but <laughs> yeah. like for this, especially for my the film before this one like it was a very noir piece so i needed that smoke but for mm. this one it just i was like he's stressed out he's gonna have a f- cigarette but yeah, he's always complained about having to smoke so much in my films. Yeah, I remember he he had to go outside at one point because he got so lightheaded. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all like you know did a fair amount of passive smoking just being in that room, yeah. frankly. 
Don't need a smoke yeah. machine. Uh, just get Will to smoke. No. <laughs> no. Was it, yeah, just, I saw it at Super Kings as well. He was smoking like the yeah. biggest cigarettes you could get. Yeah. But then that's because I think he, I didn't. That wasn't a decision by me. He bought them and came to set with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's all an excuse, yeah. isn't it? Um, Jack, have you got any highlights? Jack and Dale, sorry. Have you got any highlights for stories that bring a smile to your face in these troubling times? I, t- I think there was a there was a scene. It was outside the forest where we were shooting with the jib, the like the crane jib, leaning over the road, watching Will carry oh. <laughs> um, shady, shady thingy yeah. into the forest. They say, yeah, shady. Um, but with that crane shot, because obviously it's going across the road, looking into the entrance. Um, that road, there's cars on it, right? <laughs> and we didn't there's have cars on that road, right? <laughs> we, I don't think there's cars on that road, right? Just to spell it out for those Jack's that are top, slightly confused. Cars go on roads. So, cars go on roads, but basically, we didn't have we didn't have anyone either side of the road or the crane to stop the traffic mm. at mm. the very beginning. We didn't have anyone. So when like a member of the public was driving up through, we all started panicking. We thought we need to get this amazing shot in like twenty seconds before, and that even that wouldn't even work because yeah. you're gonna hear the engine sound anyway. Isn't that a scene in um, Wayne's World? Game on! Have you seen <laughs> car? Game on! <laughs> yeah, car. Well, it's, it's like we were we were all there, kind of feeling like we were, you know, um, thirty days later, thirty hours later, twenty eight hours later. Sorry, thirty days later. Yeah, um, one of the some period of time later. To do that shot in Piccadilly, they closed it down and they could only shoot it for 10 minutes every morning, mm. you know, at 4 a.m. And it was like we were kind of like that. We were like, but of a much smaller scale, like mm. there's a car coming, but it's a while off. Quick, 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 speed, speed, go. <laughs> yeah. We've got that small mm. time window to cram everything in. We just didn't, it's just not the right yeah. way to go about it. That was really funny because we were really panicking. Yeah. I that remember during that, that shot, I had that amazing idea that I know to get really get some accurate Atmos, I'll follow the camera with my boom. And then realised how high the camera was going. And I'm, you know, I'm a tall guy, I'm sort of six foot six, like big boom pop. I was still there, like, oh God, it's going higher. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> when will it stop? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, like, we got one good take. And I remember Lucy Tennis being going, boom and shot. And I was just like, I, I, right, right, yeah. right. I'm sorry. Swear to Swear to it's not happening. I'll just I'll just bottom boom. Bottom like, boom. <laughs> yeah, Jack's amazing line on the first day of the shoot. You, you get a bot. You get a bottom boom. It. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> that was a running theme for the rest of it. it, it yeah, it just became it a theme, didn't it? Well, it's true because you would then turn to me and go bottom boom, and I'd be like, yeah, bottom boom, bottom and then get into a squat. Like, <laughs> I remember there was another use for that boom pole when you two were sitting on a sofa pretending you're on a roller coaster <laughs> like I was stressing out and you two were just having a whale of a time and I was like I couldn't not laugh because I didn't want to come across like a dick but it was funny but I was so stressed in that time but you two were just hilarious I think this I think this is the thing is that me and, me and Jack I think it's safe to say Jack we've got quite silly senses of humour and yeah. so putting us together for about a week by that point, you know, the normal jokes had gone and just reality was a blur at this point, you know, so... And you've and got all sort- these runners and people we're bringing on from the years below and they're like, what the f*** are these two <laughs> the There we go, this is a swearing <laughs> episode, boys. <laughs> um, but That's yeah, though, like... Yeah, because we had the yeah because we had the first years, and they're like, oh wow, these are master students. Yeah, I'm really gonna learn from them. They turn around, and you and me have got the boom pole across our laps, going. Tick-a, 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 tick-a. <laughs> 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 oh. Amazing. 
Dale, what, what what stands out for you as a highlight, if you have any? Well, I mean, obviously, I was I was not always there, you know, only when I was needed. But um, I do I do recall a time where we had a, an older couple in walking in the back of shot, and it was a case of everyone's looking at each other like who's going to do it. And it was like, Jack, you're the producer, yeah. go on. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's just, it's interesting because he's, it's Jack. So he's like, yeah, all right, whatever. All right, I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. Um, but it's interesting to look back at like now, you know, it wouldn't be any, wouldn't think twice about it. It is what it is. But back then it's it's just a reminder of how far we've come. And, yeah. you know, it's like, as long as you have fun at the start, just continue to remember it's there because you mm. want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Exactly. And it's just, yeah, yeah. I look back on it. And it makes me laugh. Yeah, you should. I mean, and that's that I think is a really good way to round out this episode is really, and this is really important, especially from my own personal experience. And we'll get onto this. We'll talk more about it. You know, it's like the kind of gambling adverts where the fun stops, stop. Make sure you're still having fun because it is a, it's such a fun industry and it's such a fun job. And sometimes it doesn't feel like a job. You've got to make sure it's still there. You know, yeah, like, always make sure you have fun. Like I, 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 I was talking to, um, I think it was our makeup artist during production, and uh, she was like, "How how are you finding it?" And I'm like, "It's stressful and it's time consuming. It's very daunting, but it's fun at the end of the day, and it's like the good fun. And like as yeah. long as you get productions that are obviously fun and productive, obviously, but you, that having that fun part is fundamental to make everyone push forward and keep the morale going. Yeah, hundred percent." I yeah, agree. absolutely. Well, there you go. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode of the film Slate of Mind. We will be back to keep doing this. Next time we are doing post-production of Esther and then our beginning and our rolling on into the next stage of our burgeoning careers. So, from me, Toby, is a goodbye. From Aaron, it's a... Goodbye. Jack, what have you got? See ya. Dale, round us out, please. Cheers and gone. And goodbye. Take it sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done, boys. Right, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is available on many providers, such as Google and Spotify. If you'd like to email us, our address is filmslateofmind at hotmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at filmslateofmind, where you can keep up to date with us for details about our latest episodes and uploads to YouTube. Music provided by Epidemic Sound. Podcast edited by the friendly neighbourhood soundie, CC himself, Toby Cook. <laughs> <laughs>